Look. Have mercy on me. Have mercy What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of On the Bluff. I'm your host, Christian Fowler. Joining me, as always, my co-host, who is not properly dressed no, for not at all. the snowy weather right now, Gabe Coon. What's up, brother? Were you ready for the snow, though? No, no, I wasn't ready <laughs> nothing, for the nothing's snow. Nothing's up with me. I am. Uh, I'm still moving slow, buddy. You yeah, gotta say Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, I had the. Uh, I have a four o'clock start to my show, and obviously, I don't have to get up and move around that quickly. But I had to get a couple more coffees in me uh, this morning. I don't blame you. It was. It was rough. I had you know the wings, the fries, the we had a bunch of pigs in a blanket. Nice yeah. pigs in a blanket. Teeny weenies. Teeny weenies. I didn't eat well. Drank a couple of uh, light beers. Stomach wasn't feeling good. Head wasn't feeling good. But I'm I'm all good now. I'm you're, all good now. It's you're recovered. Now. Later in the day, I'm all right. When are we? Go, when are we as a country going to make Super Bowl Monday a, no, a holiday? No, it pisses me off though too. When what? people say, "Oh, move it to Saturday." No, no, no. no. We play. We play on Sunday in the NFL. Just no. Why would you play the 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 biggest granddaddy game of, the year. of them all? Why would you play the 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 biggest game of the year on any other day besides Sunday? Don't know. Just make Monday the damn holiday. It's yeah, you you would never get. I mean, you work in sports, so you would never get that. But for the rest of us, it would be kind of nice though because you could save most of that talk till Tuesday, and everybody around the country would be doing it. Yeah. Because Fair. I'll say this: the Tuesday in in the radio world and the sports talk world, the Tuesday. After uh, after the Super Bowl is sort of when everything just slows to a halt, grinds to a halt. There's nothing. So tomorrow, well, people will be hearing this tomorrow. But today, when you're hearing this, it's going to be a it's it's, it's it just no inside baseball here. It's a little tougher to do the show. <laughs> I'm sure it is. A little tougher to do the show when you have all that Super Bowl stuff behind you. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's pretty dry for the next I several mean, it's, months. It's, and the NBA trade deadline's gone. We're talking college bad until we get to March Madness. That's right. when it speeds back up at least a little. A bit. A little bit. Yeah, but talk uh, a little baseball. <laughs> yeah, sure. We. I mean, but Memphis as a baseball city. No, it's kind of it's just too much of a melting pot to really latch onto one idea. And I'm a Cardinals fan, so I do more Cardinals. Right. On Most show. people, but here are. But it, but Braves, Braves are taking. I mean, they're they're so good that people latch onto right. that. And you still are going to have Yankees and Cubs fans everywhere. Right. Um, little Red Sox mixed in. It's just such a melting pot. It's hard to, hard to sort of pick one out and go with it. You yeah. do the national stories, the Shohei Otani thing. Right. Let's get off of baseball right now yeah. before I lose my mind. Okay. Okay. But that's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna have to. Do I got you. I got episode. you. You have to do that. We do not have to do. That. Summer radio, summer sports talk terrible. is tougher. It's terrible. Tough. It's terrible. Yeah. Um. Anything else this weekend? Oh, you went to the... Uh, yeah, I went to, to fights. To some I went, fights on yeah, Saturday. I, I left a little bit early, but it was a great time while I was there, man. Yeah. They always they put on a great show, Attitude MMA. Attitude MMA, baby. Yep. Got to meet uh, Ed Soares from uh, from LFA. He runs that promotion. Yeah. Very He's nice guy. Former manager for Anderson Silva. Yeah, very nice guy. Very nice guy. Very approachable. If you, he's, he's now got the contract with uh, Attitude, so they right. put it out on their network, and that's big for them. But uh, yeah, it was a great time, man. I didn't realize that Kenny and uh, Mark were going to be working the whole time, so I showed up in a different mindset. Yeah, um, you showed up in once, a hang mindset. Yeah, once 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 I saw Kenny with uh, his bag on his back, I was like, okay, you know, maybe I'm going to be over here sitting by myself <laughs> most of the time. So hence, not staying the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It's very understandable. I got to see a who uh, Kenny. I don't even I, the names escape me right now. 
We saw one of the nastiest head kick knockouts yeah. I've seen live ever. Yes, two two big two big boys. Two I, I kind of want to pull out the video for you. I have it. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, let's see your let's see your reaction. You were videoing it while it happened. Uh, well, no, I went. I went. You know, I, I'm friends with people on the production team. Oh, okay, that's you know? true. That's true. So, <laughs> so it, it was easy for me to get the replay if my damn if my damn uh, image is ever open here. Oh, check Gabe, this out. I'm gonna have Gabe send it to me and check this out. Oh. Bow. Mm. <laughs> I'll send it to you, Kitty. Yeah. Mm. What that sound like, Cage side? Oh, loud. Very I was scared. Loud. I was scared for Buddy. Yeah. If, was, if his lights were completely out, thought he might have had a few teeth on and, the and canvas. The, yeah. And here's the crazy part about that: that was that was a part of the amateur part of the fight card, and so those weren't even pros. Right. So then you're really scared. Of <laughs> then like, you're really oh. scared. Like, hey, bro's got to go to like Burger King tomorrow. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Like, right. Like this guy, he's he's not doing this like yeah, that. Yeah. Like he ain't oh. doing it like that. Like. Bro's got to go, like, you know, sit at a computer. Yeah, to- like, like trying to be on the come up in in, in MMA. It's like trying to move up world. in a promotion, and then just getting knocked out in the first round by a leg kick to the head. You might want to rethink your yeah. career path at that yeah. point. Yeah, that's a tough career path. Yeah, very, very tough. I'll tell you that. Good God. Yeah, we had a, we had a lot going on this weekend. We had my head was spinning. Yeah, for sure. We had uh, my sister had her baby shower on Saturday. Uh, she is less than two months from child. Baby showered. Have, have y'all done the uh, gender reveal? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. They sorry, sorry. They didn't do. They didn't do one. They kind of. So they're just, just going to do it at birth, or do they? No, they know? they did a gender reveal, but it was just them two. They didn't do a like a party for it. Boy or girl? It's a boy. Okay. Yeah, they just. I went and picked up a cake for them that was you know pre-made obviously with the color inside and they went and like did a little picnic and did it on their own so they okay. could do a party nice. for that um so she had her baby shower on saturday all the fellows went to top golf 18 of us you can imagine that was rowdy you guys roll just so unreasonably did y'all have to y'all have, to have uh, like three bays three bays ba- yeah three yeah. bays at least yeah three bays probably about Probably barely hit any golf balls. <laughs> no, we. I mean, there for we, a couple hours. We were, yeah, we had two okay. hours. We were rolling through them. There was at least fifteen or twenty pitchers dispersed out. <laughs> Ask least, Christian how least. close they got to getting kicked out of the place. We didn't get close to getting kicked out, but if like we would have been like, oh, let's stay for another two hours, it would have gotten bad. It was going. It was. It. It wasn't downhill. But downhill was in sight. So you're not a drink. You don't drink, right? So it's like, are you the dad of the group? I, I kind of try to keep everything together. But yeah. you let people. Yeah, yeah. Of enjoy yourself not, until not, you go overboard. Right. Until until you start like making everybody look like a fool, then I'm like, okay, we got to pull back the reins a little bit. So they can make themselves look like a fool. Right. Just not everybody. Right. Else. But then, but like when you start causing a scene or like embarrassing everybody, and everybody's right. like, we don't know this guy type stuff. That's when it's like, okay, let's let's rein this. How back close in. were y'all to that Saturday night? After uh, they left, it sounds like they got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah it based was, on your tone, it went a little. It wasn't bad. It didn't get. It didn't get bad. But I just know, like, it tampered off a little bit, right? Like the drinking wasn't as heavy after we left. But if we would have stayed there in like that mindset, then it would have gotten really, really bad. <laughs> good, good. So it, it didn't get there. Fortunately, we did not get kicked out of Top Golf. We did not even cause a scene. Honestly, we were on the first floor. And we were all the way at the far left end. So we were really by ourselves, which played to Carter, our advantage, yeah. obviously. Like, we weren't in the middle of everybody. Um, 
So yeah, good it, top golf experience. I like the top golf here, dude. I, Smaller, honestly. But I think the one here is the best one. I've been to. Nice. I've been to Dallas, St. Louis, Nashville, and Memphis, and I think Memphis is the best one. Yeah, I like the couch setup. It's more comfortable. How about that? Like the bar and the the bar in the middle, like is nice. And like the the restaurant, obviously. I would go there on a Sunday just to watch ball. Yeah, hundred like, percent. And not even hit golf balls. No, no, it's no. very it's a, nice. It's a it's a good environment, but it's I, br- it's brand new. You yeah, should, you I, should I, expect that. I, w- I wasn't sure what to expect because I know it's smaller, and then like obviously I've been in way bigger cities and expecting like them to probably be a little bit nicer. But honestly, the one in Memphis is the best one. I love the couch setup. The couch setup beats like the the high bar seat setup at, at every other one I've been to. Right. It's just way more comfortable. It has more of like a chill relax like we're here to then they got then they got the projector screen and a bunch of tvs down there it's nice yeah it's it's really nice and we yeah we got a lot of food (laughs) a lot of drinks we had a good time um and then we had super bowl party yesterday and it was it was were y'all deep at the super bowl party too i don't like the big super bowl party Uh, we honestly i don't like it i know the expectation is for my friend group to be but it really wasn't crazy like it was pretty small i think everybody had went pretty hard the day before so you had some people that were like ah, i'm not gonna come and then you had some people that were like ah, i'm not really trying to go hard tonight. yeah i gotta work I gotta in the work, morning yeah. so it, it was it was a uh, it was it was pretty chill it was, it was one. it was the chillest super bowl that we've done we didn't end up doing crawfish we yeah. just did pizza and it was it was very chill i had a uh, it was like six to eight people at my buddy's house right over by where kenny, kenny. i could have stopped and tapped kenny on the shoulder could have knocked on a ding dong ditched him yeah. let's go should have done that um it's like six to eight people. That's how I like it, though. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to have to chit-chat too much with, like, yeah. everybody around and do my rounds and, like, talk to everybody there. Right. And I don't like when you have... My parents used to throw a, threw a huge a banger Super Bowl party. Huge. Uh, my, my big Massive. Thing, my big thing is, like, if there's... It, if it's going to be a big group, I would like to be like it to be a big group that at least knows what they're talking about. But typically, if you're getting, like, a really big group together, they're not going to know what they're talking about and... For the majority of my friends, like we're very in tune with it. So then it's like, do we correct them? Do we just let them think what they want to think? Like, how how do we handle this? So we want. I, I see. I would not want the big group that's just like asking about Taylor Swift and Travis no. Kelsey the whole time. No, it doesn't bother me. No, it but doesn't it's bother just me. Like if they, if they, yeah. I, I would honestly, I prefer that over people. Let that me talk like, about Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Come on. Well, I prefer. Let's I prefer, get in the weeds here. I prefer people being self-aware of not knowing what they're talking about and bringing up like the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey stuff than people like actually trying to like dig in and talk about the game and they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> that would be yes. I get what you mean. Yeah, which I don't think we've ever had that. I'm just putting myself in that in that mindset of what yeah. that would be like, and that would that would definitely get on my nerves. Yeah, knowing myself. Yeah, wouldn't be great. So no crawfish. Would you have wings? With pizza. pizza? Yeah. yeah, Papa John's. Yeah, we we uh, my buddy ordered a hundred wings in advance from Wing Guru. Still showed up on Sunday at about four, and they weren't ready. And they're like, "I don't know if we're going to be able." To. Could you imagine how many orders they had? Yeah, I know that sounds bad, you know, to order them on Friday and still have an issue on right. Sunday. But they probably were filling so many days. I mean, we, me and Anna Ruth picked up pizza, and I think there was like twelve or thirteen pizzas. And the, when we walked into Papa John's, I was like, "Oh gosh." <laughs> Didn't think about this. My buddy was there at, at Wing Guru for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's not surprising. Waiting. And at one point, they're like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to fill this order. Yeah. I, that would have frustrated me. Though. Yeah, I would have been a little a little nervous at that point. That's why I stray away from wings. I really do. I love wings, but my God, the frustration that I go Here's, through every time I go to a wing place is not worth and it. And also, 
They tax, man. The wings, they just yeah. cost so, so much. damn much yeah. these days. For a little piece of chicken. Chicken wings used to be like the the throwaway product right. on a chicken. Nothing. And now everybody's just it's too obsessed too obsessive yeah. compulsive about it. Like there's a there's a newer wing place in Olive Branch called Fallon Out. It's it's wonderful. Like it's top tier. It's easily really some of the best wings I've ever had in my life. It takes a while to get an order and it costs a lot. We two two weeks ago? Yeah, like two and a half weeks ago, we just had everybody over at my house. We were just hanging out. There was seven or eight of us. So we called it in. Separate orders. Like, we didn't call it in one big order because we're like, we know yes, how yeah, this works. Exactly. So, like, the three or four couples, like, called in their individual orders. And we go to pick them up, and we end up standing there for an hour. And I'm just like, see, this is not worth it. Like, I love wings. I love eating wings. But, man, it's not worth how pissed off I get every time I go to a wing I place. needed wings, though, yesterday. It was, it was an absolute necessity. Right. I just needed them. We well, yeah, had... No, we didn't have any wings. I was about to say somebody made wings, but we did not. I lied. Yeah. Ranch or blue cheese? At ranch. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a blue cheese guy. Yeah. I don't not want, for me. I don't want fungus. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Don't it's give nasty. me a moldy don't cheese. E- don't even put it on a salad. Nothing. Don't, I don't need any of that. Nothing. Blue nope. cheese dressing is, you can just throw it it's in gross. the trash. It's Get gross. rid of it. It's like it, it's it's like if mayonnaise and ranch had went bad. the ugliest baby of all time. And then went bad. And, and then it was just and, yeah, sitting in the fridge for four years. Yeah. And yeah, it's gross. It's very gross. Gnarly. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk a little bit of Memphis basketball. I'm let's just gonna, I'm just gonna be honest on the front side of this. I'm gonna try not to rush through this that much because obviously we know where our fan base lies, but I'm really excited to talk about the actual Super Bowl. So if I'm if I'm going too fast, you boys can slow me down. But if y'all are as ready to talk about it as I can or as I am then we can we can we can knock this out. So, last couple of weeks have been some tough discussions both on the podcast and on the Gabe Coon yeah. show with you and I. Um this week much better. Slow it down, yeah. Much better. We 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 don't have as much to be angry about or frustrated about or worried about right now as we have over the last 2 weeks over the last 4 or 5 days. Memphis picked up a win on the road against Temple and then also beat Tulane yesterday, correct? Yep. Sunday? Yep. Sunday. Um, so, hey, it's better. It looked, it, it looked better. <laughs> it wasn't these close down <laughs> to the wire games. You know what's, what's hilarious is basketball really isn't that complicated. No. Um, I think the rotation, we'll talk about the rotation here yeah. in a second. He, 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 was, he played nine guys. He's more deliberate about who those nine guys and why they were subbing in, though. A little more and I like reason. and I like that about what Pity Hardaway is getting to. And he said after the uh, Temple game, he said, "You know, we're playing. We're going to play five to seven guys, seven eight guys. That's what we want." So I like to hear that. We'll see how that all ages. But this is why I say uh, uh, basketball is a very simple game. Is the last three games that they've won, they've had more assists than turnovers. Yep. And their two best players are playing like their two best players. Yep. It's it's really simple. Like it's it's not that complicated. It's a pretty stunning the, formula for success. In that, <laughs> really. in that in that game against Tulane, 21 assists to 11 turnovers. Yep. Uh David Jones, 23, 10, and 4. He yep. limited his turnovers to three. He's yep. going to turn the ball over, though. That's just who he is. And then your second leading scorer was who? Javon Quinterly. Right. 18, 5, and 6. And he had two turnovers. And they combined for three. They were eight for twelve. Yeah, 
Hey, man. The recipe for success for this team is pretty easy. Yeah. Don't turn the ball over too much. Yeah. Share the ball. And then David Jones and Javon Quinterly go cook. Can it's I very tell you, simple. Can I give you even an easier recipe for success? Like that's the that's like the second level. Okay, so I'm, I'm even more in the yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm more in the weeds than I need to be. Let's go easy bake oven. Okay, okay. recipes. Okay. All right, just play your damn best players. That's hey, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's fair. I I hey, agree with you. That. Play players that are actually college basketball players. <laughs> you're gonna do pretty well. It's fair. I, I, it's a hundred percent fair, and it's just—it's been frustrating watching Penny finally arrive to this. But I think he's there. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, we'll I see. mean, there's still a lot of ball to be played. Yeah. Two very important games coming up this very. week at North Texas at SMU on Sunday. Two games that they are by a- Sunday. We know we sort of are going to have a re- for the better or for the worse. We right. will know where this team is at. Yeah. And these are two games, according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, that Memphis is not expected to win. They are. Dude, have you seen the Power Index on this Nick, this North Texas game? Yeah. What are they, like? 70-30. 70-30, yeah. I was going to say 80-20. That's 20. nuts. Yeah, that's true. That's real stuff right there. They hey, are. What, what bothers me about that is, like, yeah, Memphis has been trending in the wrong direction, but North Texas is 13-10. and 10. Yeah, they're 13-10. Right. They're not man. good. They're like, not come very on. good. They're fine, and their net tells you they're okay because they whoop up on inferior teams. Right. But they don't have, like, these marquee wins. They're not that impressive. There's no. nothing about that team that just jumps off the page. It's like, oh, yeah, they should. They have a 70% chance to be Yeah, I think, I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kenny, there are four games, four or five games the rest of the year they're projected to lose according to BPI. Yeah. North Texas, SMU, both FAU games. Is there anything else, or is that the four? That's the They're playing UAB at Memphis. Yeah, so I'd imagine they would be favored to win that one. I think it's those four games. It is strange, though. Before this four-game losing streak, they would have been projected to win everything outside of FAU. You know what I mean? They yeah. were at, by the time they when they started conference schedule, and conference schedule, they were like, projected to win every, every game. Every and single if you, game. If you just think about the team before the four game losing streak, it's still the same guys on the yeah. team. Like it's the, you've just seen that they can lose now. Yeah. So now all of the metrics are sort of tilting against them. Small correction: sixty forty for North Texas. It's still nuts. Eighty twenty for SMU. That is crazy. Yeah. For SMU? For SMU, 80-20. Lord. I think if they play like they played against Tulane, they'll win both games. I do, yeah. too. I do, too. It, yeah, Especially they, in that first half. Right. If they play like they did on Sunday, then they, they win both of those games. And then our conversation on this team next week but, is completely different. But if they play like they did in the second half, they won't. they need to put together a full 40 minutes i know that's what Penny keeps talking about but that first half was beautiful second half was not like atrociously bad yeah but defensively they struggled badly and i think they're more apt like i'm more ready to believe that tulane's really just a good offensive team because they're the best offensive team in the american athletic conference Right. right now so i don't know how much to take from it i do know that this team is just so up and down man Yes. It's a very, very roller coaster ride that we go on every year. I think the dip this year was a, it's pretty about nasty. As, is about as far a drop. You ever been on the uh, the boss? Yeah, at Six Flags St. Louis. <laughs> no, the first drop. Yeah, that's the drop they went on. Pretty much. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's that's the one that happened. They bottomed out. I mean, they went. I don't from, know. It might have been. It might have been Mr. Freeze drop. It might. <laughs> it might have been Superman. Straight up. It, it might have yeah. been Superman Tower Power drop. It, well, it, yeah. It, it's, it, Mr. Freeze is a good one that's because good, you're going you're backwards. Straight, you're too. straight. You, up. Have, you can't even see where you're going. <laughs> no, you are straight. That's up how there. bad it got for a second. Yeah. No, it, it's. 
at least we can feel a little bit better. As all I mean, and I think I think that's where right. we're at right now. Like we can't we can't go throw in a ton of praise just because of what we've seen over the last several weeks. But the conversation can't shift and get any worse, and I, that is a very fortunate thing because the panic button had been hit. It was fair to, di- fair to yeah, hit fairly, it. and it's it, still it's still there, man. It, like it is. There's no room for error. No, there, there none. No, and, and there they really are at a point right now where winning out is about the only option other than winning the the conference tournament. Their first four out in most right most bracketologies. Now, let's say they go two and zero this week, they'll be in. Yeah, but they'll be still like there's still some work to do. Yeah, then you can't lose both games. To FAU, you can't lose both. You got to win one. Right. And FAU is not even the same quality of win nah. that had. They're, yeah. down, they're down to 24. They lost to UAB. Right. They're down to number 24 in the week. AP Top 25 right now. Yeah. It's just it's just it's strange to think that we are here compared to where they were, you know, a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. They I, I just don't I don't honestly understand the FAU situation because their losses are as bad as, worse. as the Tigers. They're, they're worse. Uh, well, I, I don't know, man. I, Losing to Rice at home, Rice at home, Rice at home. But I mean, about they, as bad as it gets. They lost to Bryant at home. They, they right. lost to UAB. Yeah, like they they have a very similar resume. Yeah, and but yet who, their metrics are like way way better. better. But but who who has the win against Arizona kind of right. holds up pretty damn right. well compared to any win the Tigers have correct had. and they beat A and M as well and the, yeah and like I, I don't know like when you just look at their in conference stuff here they're second in conference as opposed to the Tigers Six. four losses in conference no, that's true they're I mean, nine I, and two I, like I just don't, there's not there's being not a, ranked in the top twenty five whatever I think that's still because they were ten preseason correct yeah um, there's not a massive but, I don't there's not a massive gap between these two teams no there still isn't um I I do. Think think that <laughs> okay the worst version of memphis is worse than the worst, worse than the worst version Clearly. of fau but that's like damn that's that's negative thinking on both sides right but i i man, think the best version of I, memphis is better thing. than the best version of fau penny penny continues to say the right things he about does. what he's going to throw out there as far as rotations and i think for the most part in the game we just saw the most recent one here against Tulane, where they beat by, beat him by twelve. I think he did the right things. Yes, but are we confident that that consistently goes that way? Nine man rotation right. for the most part. Because what if you have a bad first half against North Texas? Yeah, like does he just throw it right. away? Like right. I, I don't know. Like as, he, as long as he doesn't deviate from this, I feel much more. Because how many times have we team? seen like his words versus his actions just not being right? They don't coincide with each Especially other. Especially in situations where. Stuff has hit the fan, and yeah. it's like, okay, what what direction do we go? Do we stay with what we've been saying, or do we deviate? And mixing things up has kind of been his forte in his time at Memphis. But I, I truly believe, like, if they stick with this, if they stick with what they did against Tulane, this team is probably, probably <laughs> going to be in good shape. Yes. Because as you mentioned, David Jones and Javon Quinterly are playing well. That's a recipe for success. They've limited their turnovers. That's a recipe for success. They're forcing turnovers. Recipe like they, it, it's still not. Perfect, They're playing obviously. their starters for a majority of the right. minutes, and yep. that's bam. That's like, like that's said, the biggest thing. You, you play and, your players and, play and your like guys. even with that, people will say, "Okay, I don't want them to play eleven guys." I am more on the side of I want them to like I want them to play whatever he's comfortable with. 
I don't think 11 guys should be the answer. I don't right. think you should be comfortable with that. But no matter how many guys you play. Those have, five need the lion's no, share. No, but that yes. And when you're subbing, have a reason for subbing. Right. Don't just throw shit at the wall and hope it sticks. Right. Right? Just yeah. like it, Malcolm Dandridge is a good example, right? Malcolm Dandridge, he didn't play Jordan Brown uh, against Temple. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Dandridge has foul trouble. He's like, oh, we need another big. We need a reserve big when Naquan's out of the game. Here's Jordan Brown. Jordan Brown gave you good minutes. Right. Jonathan Pierre played good against Temple. He gets more minutes, and I think he's played well. And he's a he's an interesting sort of For revelation. Sure. We need to talk about him a little bit, I think. I, 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 I really like him. I like him a lot. Um, but he's he's at least having some plans around what he wants to do, stopping, yeah. not just pulling guys platoon out three swaps. minutes into the game and doing a platoon swap right. for the hell of it. Oh, they didn't give me good the first good three minutes. Yeah. Well, leave them out there. Let them build confidence. There's, it's a long game. I'll give you an example from Figure last night. I'll give you an example from last night. Jaden Hardaway came in, um, still was one of the first two people off the bench, came in spot minutes, <clears throat> gave, a, gave a little bit of a rest to David, gave a little bit of a rest to Javon, to Jaquan, um, but he didn't play extended minutes. He came in, gave the guys a quick little two, three-minute rest, and came out. Yep. But during that time period, gave you a steal, gave you a three, got you a couple of rebounds. Didn't. And, and and truth be told, like and, and this is what I would say to Tiger fans, when, when someone like Jaden Hardaway comes in the game, you're looking at him not to hurt the team more so than you are to help the team, right? right? Didn't like, do anything crazy. Hey, right, can I like, be honest, too, about Jaden? I think he's gotten unfairly shat on. His whole career, it, but this year especially, yeah. and I and I get it. You know, you watch some of these games when he comes in. It feels like people get back into games. They make it closer, whenever he's in the game. But like, if you're trying to fool yourself into saying like Jaden shouldn't play, I think that's wrong. I think you're I silly. I think you're. That. I think you're five years into a sample size here of Jaden being a solid player, a solid player, and like oh, almost like a. A, a grounding player, like a yeah. guy that like you feel calm, things out. You yes. feel calm about putting in the game. He's not going to kill you. Right. right. He's not going to put up stupid shots. He usually plays good defense. Like when when we talk about his playing time, I think ten to fifteen minutes is right. Yeah. I think that's correct. That's there, what he should get. And if he if he if he's good, get closer to fifteen. If he's regular, closer to yeah. ten. It's right. just it's yeah. not that complicated. But I think it's right that Penny is playing him in the minutes that he's playing. Agreed. And the, and there's little to no volatility in his game. Yes, it, you you know what you're going to get. Uh, what you well, see is what you it, get for the against, most part with Jaden Hardaway. Was it against Temple? I think it was against Temple where he gave up those two massive runs right yeah. when he was in. He still wasn't the lowest plus minus. Jaquan Walton is that. Uh, he was minus five. I think Jaden Hardaway was minus two in that game. But like people just see that. Oh, he's in the game and they're allowing these runs and they just uh, you know take him off the court. It's like nah, it's not that simple. Yeah. Because we talk about like shortening this rotation, but I think weirdly enough, this year it's easier said than done with no Caleb Mills, because yeah. you have a firm top six, and right. then outside of that, it's Jalen Young, Jaden Hardaway, Ashton Hardaway, Carl Sharon Font, Jonathan Pierre, Jordan Brown. You're like, okay, who do I play out of these guys? Right. Quite frankly, Jaden is the most obvious one yeah. to me right out now. Of the bench players right that now, needs to be in there. Right now, guard wise, is Jaden and Jonathan. Yeah, right? Jonathan Pierre has been. Kind of alluded to that, but he's played that same kind of same minute mark you were talking about with Jaden Hardaway, like that twelve to fifteen minute mark, and especially in the last two games, Temple and Tulane, he shot the ball really well. Yep. Sixteen points combined in those two games. I think he missed two shots. Coming in, give you good minutes like that. 
That's what you have to have. And, and I'll say this too about him. And it does not on the defensive side of the ball, sometimes he gets lost. Right. And you know, he's a little bit out of position. But not as bad as Ashton. I'll say this though. <laughs> that's true. But Kenny, you'll you'll back me up. You'll back me up on this too, uh, Christian. That kid works his nuts off. No yes, doubt. He does. Whenever he is on the floor. There's no doubt. It, yeah. he, he will make mistakes. But my God, he works his ass right. It's off. not because he's being lazy. No, right. not at all. Not at all. But I think he's coming. He's starting to understand. Like he's been less lost on, this, especially right. in the offensive. Oh, absolutely. Event. He's finding absolutely. his roles and, and what he's supposed to be. But also, I think, I don't think there's a coincidence between Penny getting to about nine guys and playing Jonathan and the role that he's carved out the past two games. Correct. I think that coincides with right. each other. Yep. But but also, if you look if you look deeper into the layers of Jonathan Pierre, this is a Division two basketball player who. Didn't really play as a freshman and did not come into his own until the final 20 games or 15 games of his D2 career. This yep. was not a superstar going into his. Was he a redshirt freshman, sophomore? I don't remember exactly. He's sophomore, at, I think. Sophomore. I'm Do they redshirt in D2? I don't, I don't know. They can. They can. Okay. Um, but the only reason that he was even in the lineup for Nova Southeastern last right, year right. was because of an injury. Right. So this is a raw. Uh, it's a raw super player. Raw kid. Super raw player. I mean, this yeah. is a guy that grew what, like eight or nine inches in high school. Like he's still completely coming into his own as a player and learning his body and how to play and the levels to this game. So anybody that was expecting Jonathan Pierre to come in immediately and like be this revelation, that was false hope anyway. But if he was going to have an impact on this team, it was going to always start this time of year. In conference play. In conference play, towards the middle of conference play as he has been on campus for several months now, as he is getting more interwoven into the system and into just playing high-level Division, Division one, one basketball. basketball yeah. like this that was, usually helps. This was a progression that was going to take time. So I, I don't think we're expecting him to go on like the superstar rampage run that he went on at the end of his D2 career. But if he can come in and give you 10 to 15 quality minutes a night, like that's all you need for him. That's all you need. It's kind of funny because, like, this, these are his two best games of the year. It's not even close. No. Because before that, he's playing what, four minutes a game, 0.8 points per game, 0.2 rebounds per game, 0.8 assists per game. And was a traffic That's what he was doing. And he was lost constantly on the defensive end. A traffic cone on defense. Not, not, it had no idea where to position himself on offense because I think he's more used to being on ball. That's what he did with Nova Southeastern a lot. So he's just like, you want me to be a spot up shooter? Do you want me to attack closeouts? Like, what am I doing? What's my role? Yeah. And now he's sort of like right there on the perimeter, stand and shoot, catch and shoot type guy, or he'll, or he can get off the bounce if he, if they close out too hard. Well, and if you've heard Penny talk, he just needed, he needed that like direction. What do you want me to do? Because he's a, he's a bright kid. If you tell him what you expect of him, he'll He'll probably fall in line and make it happen. 100%. So him having a prominent carved out role is huge for him. Yes. Because he's not going to be the guy on this team, obviously, like he was last year. So give him a prom, not a prominent role, but a carved out, understood role, and he's going to be able to execute it because he's a super talented player yeah. and he's a smart kid, yeah, that knows how to execute schemes. So we're seeing that development right now, and we'll see if it continues or if this was just kind of a flash in the pan. I was glad he strung two of them together, right? Yeah. Back to back, right? Back because to back. I remember what was it against Michigan? Ashton Hardaway right. <laughs> looked yeah. like the second coming of. You know Jesus himself <laughs> with the three point shooting, and that that, that was that's the one game he's had this right, year. That that's it, all. That's all. That's all it was. Didn't continue from there. Um, Let me ask. I have a question to ask both of y'all. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of a development with Penny's rotations, specifically in the starting lineup. I wanted to talk to y'all about starting Nick Jordan and 
Naquan Tomlin in the front court and having Jordan Brown and Malcolm Dangerous come off the bench. Um, it and it, it's worked. So like I have no issues with that at all. Naquan and Nick play well together. <laughs> It is kind of interesting it's, though. It's I, interesting, I think I know right? where you're headed. Yeah, like I definitely if see you it. mixed and matched those guys, you have wonder. okay, one slow and movable object, right. yeah. one fast guy who can yeah. who right. can shit, who can switch on the defensive end, uh, has maybe a deeper offensive back. Right. But now you're playing the two and two. All right, this, I, I'm not calling them fat, but this, you're playing. You know, you're skinny and fast, fat and slow. Yeah, and. And together, yeah, like separately, those right. guys are not mixing the and same matching skill at all. sets. Are playing it's strange. Together. It's yeah. I, well, I mean, Jordan and, and Malcolm didn't spend a whole bunch of time on the floor together, though. In That's that true. Game. Well, Malcolm was in because foul trouble he was in lot, foul so, trouble. That's yeah. why Jordan had what 12, 13, and 14, he played, 15 minutes. Yeah. He played well, well. Yes. played really well. Yes, he's still, man. I got. <laughs> I, he cannot get up and down the floor no, well enough for no. this team to be like a, a game to game no. like contributor consistent contributor. That's not it's just he I think we should have I know we talked about him being a Lou Henson award winner and sixth man of the year and his previous stops and like all these different things and nineteen and nine, you know, we're talking about all these things. We should have paid attention to the style. The style he yeah. was playing at all of his 100%. stops. Just the more you see him out there, even when he played in, in uh, good, meaningful minutes against uh, uh, Tulane, you like, just you're like, like ah, that's was, not that's not something that you can just consistently right. this do. This was never really a fit. But yeah, I will say this: never never fit. I asked I asked Javon actually about it after the game, and and he highlighted the fact that he's like, you know, being able to have a guy that you could put in the post and isolate in that post and just get meaningful offensive possessions anytime you want is actually pretty beneficial for the Tigers. Like, yeah, if, yeah. If they find out how to weave that into their style now. Right. You know, I mean. You have to literally change. Like, if you wanted to feature him, you'd have to switch up your entire pace. Right. But it you'd works, have to, You'd have to slow it down to a halt, play half court. Yeah. I don't mind it. But, I don't mind it. But I, I don't mind it. Because you have to. This staff and Penny is never going to make a meaningful switch in game to play that way. They did yesterday. They're, not really. You still saw Jordan Brown struggling to get up and down the floor at times. It just worked because, you know, everybody else was playing relatively well at that time. And he yeah. got some time alongside the starters. That's true. I, and that's what, that's, where, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you bring in a guy like Jordan who has the ability to isolate in the post and get some good buckets and – you know, get over a shoulder, whatever he just get good shots off in the post. Um, it it really does like, especially when you're playing alongside some of the better players. It it just really keeps the defense honest. I think in terms of like if you're if he's if he could pass it out to David Jones or to Javon or to Jaquan a three point line, it just kind of <laughs> spreads things out a little bit more. Yeah, I get and, what you mean. And so it's it's definitely. I did a, think he struggled passing a little bit in that oh, no. game against the lane. But. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he. I mean, listen. I think that there's still a lot to get used to with him, but but I like what they're trying to that do. It's an that it's an option. What it could be, yes. yes like that it's an option. Yes, it's yeah. on the table. And All right. I, it sort of it, it does sort of show you why they sort of let him back come back on yeah. the team. I agree. All right, boys. I'm ready to talk some Super Bowl. Um, I was trying to think of a creative transition as I typically do, and I, I was I'm kind of falling flat. You're good, bro. The only thing I could think of. Might have hurt both of y'all's feelings, and I just don't want to do that. Damn. What are you going to say? You I, said you said I Jordan think, Brown, Malcolm Dandridge, immovable <laughs> objects. 
the fat boys, slow fat boys. I was going to say, we got, we got two of our own here. We got our, two of our Bluff City Media front court. Here's Barry. our slow and fat guys. <laughs> yeah, We're going to toss it to one of, the, uh, one of the slow and fat guys to get us through the hot three. Is that where you're going with that? Uh, the slowest and the fattest of all of our slow pretty fat much, guys. I was going to say, we got, we got two guys with very skim, similar skill Man, sets in our, in our front We'll get to the hot three after this break. <laughs> The next two years, if they can find a roster that works, with those guys making the money they make, they'll have two legitimate shots at titles, I think, for two years. And now, after that, you figure out what you're going to figure out. Jaron's going to come up again, and his money's going to be more. Maybe that's the point where you gotta, you've got to break it up. This trade deadline and this offseason, acquiring some pieces that make sense for you, not development guys, not drafting guys, acquiring pieces and guys on favorable contracts that fit into your system, that finish those last little bits around the edges that you need. And that's, I think, why the next two years are so important. I think that's why the, the trade deadline is so important, as well as the offseason, because they've got to find pieces that work. They cannot develop guys. They're, they're, they're done with that. They can't be doing that anymore. Time is done. Tune in to The Daily Grind with Mark King and Lute Hatmaker at 1 p.m. every Monday through Friday, live on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. It stop, sports stop being fun when the players are the enemy, bro. I'm just watching a bunch of guys that are, that are not fun to watch. I don't care if these dudes play for the, the, the name on the front of the jersey. I don't care about any of that. But have some pride for the name on the back of the jersey. You know what I mean? Ha have some pride for the, back, the name on the back of the guy who's beside you in the huddle jersey. Play for him. Play for yourself. And when I say that, play for pride. I'm not saying being selfish. You know what I mean? But uh, it's, it's hard to watch these guys, man. Like, you can tell that these guys are thinking about everything other than winning a basketball game. Is, is that not the truth, man? Like, for real, though. Like, you, you can tell their mind is on audit. <clears throat> Tune in to The Anthony Sane Show, Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. So we, we've kind of talked about the lack of a culture. The lack of culture that this team seems to have. Like, there's not a true identity to them and I I'm just curious how hard is that to to have a culture when you only have Malcolm and Jaden back from last year so you, you don't really you're not really retaining much so it yeah. seems like I mean I don't, don't I think you can still have a culture that you're instilling from day one that they're here I mean he said it himself like He'd been going easier and letting things slide that he normally wouldn't. Like, why are you doing that? Are you yeah. doing that because these guys are older and you think that they can get away with it and still win game? Like, why? Yeah. So I think the portal definitely plays a role. And he's got to establish and hold everybody to the same standard, no matter who it is. If it's a fifth-year senior or if it's a freshman that's walking in the door. Like, you got to treat everybody the same way in the program and hold all of them sure. to the same standard. And I don't think that that happens. Yeah. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel.
Oh, boys, we're back. We're back. We are. This is the part of the episode that Christian has been looking forward to the most. Correct. Super Bowl talk. Yep. You guys ready? Let's the 58th edition. The yep. 58th edition of the Hot Three. Wait, no, 65th edition of the Hot Three. <laughs> 58th, 58th edition, edition of, the Super of the Super Bowl. Of the Super Bowl. There you go. I, I just called LV111. Yep. That would be 58 in Roman numerals. Thank you, sir. It's getting kind of weird trying to find out what those those uh, Roman numerals mean. All right, here we go. You guys ready? Yes. Sir. I'm just gonna like literally lay three points out to you and just let y'all go. All right, because right. we'll go in order. Because here's the thing, I think me trying to like herd this conversation to like wrangle this conversation, this is gonna be too tough. And so I'm just gonna throw them out there to you and let y'all ride. Here you go. You ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's just talk the game. Super Bowl 58, the game. All right. Okay. Second conversation. Patrick Mahomes, yep. the GOAT. Okay. Third conversation, can the Chiefs three-peat? Okay. And action. All right, so Super Bowl 58, 25-22, got to overtime. The game was phenomenal. Yes. It was It was everything I could have hoped for. We had two separate records for field goals being made. Yep. Jake Moody had a 55. Harrison Bupker had a 57. We had some turnovers, some balls, you know, all out on the ground. There was four fumbles in the first half. Yep. Three lost. Yep. Um, so there was that. Um, I thought it was well competed by both sides, though. Um, what what ultimately happened is the Chiefs just have so many guys that show up for big games, and that's really it's Patrick Mahomes. He had 333 yards or whatever it was, two TDs. The pick was bad, but two TDs. And he led was phenomenal. He led them in rushing yards. Travis Kelsey, nine catches, 93 yards. He shows up when it matters. Andy Reid's play calling. I mean, you talked about we talked about it off air, but the triple option concepts on third down, where Patrick Mahomes is is sort of getting into the read option mesh, and he keeps the ball, and that's why he ended up leading in rushing yards. Yep. Um, the the final pivot route there to Miko Hardman, even though they did that last year twice, twice to win the Super Bowl with Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, the 49ers had no beat on it because they switched it up last second. They hadn't run it the entire night. They finally run it to Miko Hardman. He's perfect for it. Return route out. Ha- the hadn't, flat. hadn't ran it since and, last year in the Super Bowl. And then, and then, the other uh, the, the, I think the person that deserves almost the most credit for being. A just big gamer is Steve Spagnolo on the defensive side of the God. ball, man. He just blitzes you and simulates pressures and walks guys up, and he confuses everybody so badly. And you saw that one third down, third and four at the end of a regulation where Chris Jones gets a free rush because you have mugged front linebackers and you had a backup right guard who's confused about the entire Now, that was thing. in overtime. Or that was an overtime. That was the last. But either play way, for the you, you just get so confused by everything he throws at you. hundred percent. And man, he just he he now set the record for being the defensive coordinator for four championship teams. Yep. I don't. I, I think we're gonna go a long time um, talking about Steve Spagnolo once he gets done as the the, the one of the big best big game coaches we've ever seen. Hundred percent. But that's just what the Chiefs, they have this championship DNA that's so hard to get over. Yeah, and, and that's that's really one of the resounding takeaways from this game. And I think Patrick Mahomes said it afterwards, maybe, that basically their whole message, and it may have been Travis Kelsey that said it on Saturday night and they were kind of reiterating it, was the fact that we've been here yep. and they haven't. So when it gets tough, like 
when it's that end of game situation, gotta have it. It's us. It's us. We've been there. We've done it. We've won two of these before, and that's exactly what they did. I want to talk about Spags a little bit. To me, the biggest play of the entire game, and I know we could go back and forth all night mm-hmm. on biggest play and at, at, at moments, but the biggest play in the biggest moment, it's third and five, the end of regulation. The 49ers need a first down. If they get it, they're inside the two-minute warning. They can pretty much milk the clock, win the game, ball game's over in regulation. Third and five, passing situation, you know a pass is coming. Steve Spagnolo draws up a double corner blitz where Trent McDuffie comes out of the slot, comes straight through in between the guard and the tackle, is in Brock Purdy's face before he can even make his reads, knocks the ball down, uh, 49ers kick a field goal and then go up 19-16, Chiefs get the ball back, then they go down and kick a field goal to send it to overtime. And it's just calls like that. Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo, these big games, big moments, big like the biggest moment in situation, they they call the perfect play and it's executed perfectly by their players. And I think that's a big point too. You have unsung heroes all around. Yes. Leo Chanel. We talked yeah, about him last yeah. week. He has a tackle for loss. He blocks an, an extra point that becomes extremely pivotal da- down the stretch. Like, yes, there are your same people that step up every year. You know, you mentioned Mahomes and Kelsey and uh, Chris Jones and these guys that always step up. But there's always but the, these but little the, I've unsung. I've been in locker rooms. Here's the thing. Those unsung heroes, they feed off of the energy that's given to them from the top. Yeah. And that's why it always is going to come down to right. me, to the guys. I mean, the Andy Reeds, the Steve Spagnolos, the Patrick right. Holmes, the Travis Kelly, the Chris Joneses. Right. Because they're the ones who empower the guys under them to go make plays. Right. And I know some people say, oh, that's a little bit too far out there. Give them their credit on their own laurels. But when you get into that organization, there's clearly a culture, culture. that is built by those guys that allows everybody else to shine. Miko Hardman yes. had one of the worst plays of the year where he fumbled out of the back of the end zone. Right. Uh, was that in the Bills Against game? Against the Bills. Yeah. And you, know was, many, you know how many snaps he played against the Ravens? How many? He played one snap against the Ravens, and he was phenomenal last night. Yep. Three catches, 49 yards, and then the TD to seal the game. No, he had the he had the biggest play of the game. And, and what did Travis – Travis Kelsey half. was talking about it on uh, – was it the New Heights show, or was he somewhere else? Or he might have been on Pat McAfee, where he was like, he's going to get his opportunities. And, yeah. he, and Travis Kelsey, like, blamed himself for that fumble yeah. against the Bills. He's like, I didn't get on my guy. I didn't block well enough. And that he should have never been in that situation. But those guys empower the people under them to really go make things happen. Yeah. Now let's talk about overtime because because even though this has been a hot button topic since 2021 when the Chiefs ended up beating the Bills, apparently everybody forgot how overtime the works 49ers in the forgot. Yes, 100 for sure. So just for everybody, for clarity's sake, in the playoffs, this was in not 20, during the regular season. No, this not during the regular season. Just playoff in the 28 playoff games ensuing after 2021. There had not been one going to overtime. This is the first one since 2021 that has gone into overtime with the new formatted rules. The way that they play out is both teams have an opportunity, regardless. So you still have some people today, if the 49ers would have scored a touchdown, they win the game. That's not true. If the 49ers would have scored a touchdown on the first possession, the Chiefs still would have gotten the ball with a chance to tie it up. Then it becomes a sudden death situation, as is typical overtime. And you would want that third possession unless the other team that comes down and scores a touchdown on you is going to go for two. Right. Which is what the which Chiefs, is what the Chiefs would, were planning to do. So that has created a big conversation. And I think a little bit unfair. I think Kyle Shanahan's getting a little bit too much heat because 
He really called this game very well. He put the 49ers in a position there was, to there win. There was no... They, I, to be honest with you, I have no problem with the way the 49ers played. I can't Not point directly to anybody on that team and be like, you sucked. You sucked. No. George Kittle had two catches for four yards. That stinks, but he made an impact in the run game. Right. It's just tough, man, sometimes. Yeah. The, You're playing a good team. The only th the only place I think you can fault Kyle Shanahan is for taking the ball first. Yes. We have seen college play these overtime rules for I don't even know how long, at least my entire lifetime. I don't know how how off, how long these the overtime rules have been the way they are in college. I have never one time in my life seen a team in college football take the ball first. You yeah, never do. You because never you put do. yourself at an immediate disadvantage. Well, because you're the first team to go is playing with three downs because they could potentially play for a field goal. Correct. They're playing with three downs per set, right? When you are in a do or die situation as the second team, you're playing with four downs. So inevitably this team on the other side can play for you know, play a lot more free, realize that they have to go for it if they get to a fourth down. It's just it's a different it's a difference in mindset altogether. Yeah. Um. I but I Shanahan can say whatever he wants, he can, but I think at the end of the day I am of the opinion he forgot that the playoff rules yeah. were like this because there's no way you make that decision no. if you knew yep. if you knew that you were going to get a second chance even if the Chiefs were to score. And pretty much all of his players came out and said that we didn't know they didn't know, including the smartest player on the team and Kyle Uzcheck, yep. Harvard graduate. Yeah. <laughs> Had no idea. He said, I just assumed we'd get the ball, go score, and we'd be done. We'd, That's we'd, what he we'd, said. We'd, he said that in the post game. And we'd be Super Bowl champions, I think, yeah. was the exact quote that, that he laid out there in the post game. Oh, what if they scored a touchdown and got the field goal? And everybody's freaking out. And they're freaking out and they don't even know. Oh, that would have been hilarious. Yeah, it would have. Um, been rich. So, anyway, that that's that's my one that's my one uh, qualm with Kyle Shanahan. But you see, you see the difference in teams there, too. The 49ers have no idea that this is the overtime rule. The Chiefs say they have been preparing for this since training camp. The situation that if they came down in a playoff game, We're going what they would do, that they would go for two. And they've known that since training camp. So that shows you the difference in a team that's been there, done that, and a team that hasn't. 100%. And that's where it kind of it kind of shines. And it, it just stinks. It's a three-point game, and you don't want to think of it that simply. But that's ultimate. Because I think both teams, outside of the, the fumbles in the first half, I think both teams played relatively clean games. Yeah. And just goes down to the to the team who's better at situational football. And that's the Chiefs in pretty much who's every more situation. Clutch, it's the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh all right. Patriots Let, effect at this point. Right. That's what it is. It's what, it's what, it, what is. it is. Let's let's talk about the Chiefs a little bit. Uh or sorry, not the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes a little bit. The uh, Chiefs. Yeah, this the Chiefs. is kind of I mean Yeah, it's kind of what this is. It's right? like that's synonymous. I'm it's gonna kind of, start with the stats because we're talking about you know uh, <laughs> the brady mahomes conversation has come up the go um, conversation it's fine at this point in their career both 96 games in um patrick mahomes has four more wins nothing crazy there completion percentage nearly five percent higher 61.9 to 66 and a half passing yards total passing yards 7,300 more yards for Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's crazy. Uh, passing yards per game, 72 yards per game higher for Patrick Mahomes. Passing touchdowns, 72 more passing touchdowns for Patrick <laughs> Mahomes and Tom Brady. Interceptions, 15 less for Patrick Mahomes, 63 to 78. Rate, 88.4 for Tom Brady, 103.5 for Patrick Mahomes. So uh, a little over 15 points higher in the rate. Rushing yards, uh, Patrick Mahomes has 1,501 
more rushing yards than Tom Brady. He has nine more rushing touchdowns. That's just the stats. Now we'll talk about accolades. Both have three Super Bowls. That's where it ends. It ends. Patrick Mahomes is better in every other category. Two MVPs. He has two MVPs to Brady's zero. He has three All-Pro nods to Brady's one. He has six Pro Bowls to Brady's three. He has three Super Bowl MVPs to Brady's two. And he has one uh, Offensive Player of the Year award to Brady's zero. It's I'm sorry. Like here's here's where I get annoyed with this. And I usually I don't go down this route because you know I hate, you know, simplifying everything to quarterback versus quarterback and legacy talk. You know I don't right. usually like that. But when people just consistently say, you know, he has to get to that level of championship winning, he's got to get seven championships to be on that. No, that's not that's not everything I've seen Patrick Mahomes do on a field from a production standpoint, from a quarterbacking standpoint, it supersedes the talent and everything that Tom Brady showed me. And my one holdout was, okay, can Patrick Mahomes win games and win championships at the same level as Tom Brady? And yes, he can, if not being better. Right. than Tom Brady at this point in his career at doing so. Yeah. So, listen, I I think he's still going to have some work to do. He's going to have to win a couple more championships, but he does not need the same amount of championships no. to be better than Tom Brady. No. I, I, I personally think, uh, you know, Tom Brady sometimes, the yeah, you could put the game on his back and he'd go win you one, right? He'd go win a game. But he relied on his, uh, on, on his team a Especially whole lot. Especially early defense, in his career. Yes, defense. You know, Julian Edelman making a crazy catch in that the the, the twenty eight to three comeback from right. uh, against the Falcons. Like he had to rely on his team for certain things. There, like Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what you watched last night when they play offense, but outside of Travis Kelsey, it's it, Patrick Mahomes divvying up the ball to everybody. It's fifteen it's with him. an S on his chest. It's him. Legit. Like he does everything. He does everything. <laughs> and in the big game moments, there is nobody that I've ever seen. That comes through more. And I know Brady was incredible. And there's plenty of legendary moments from Brady. But, man, like Patrick Mahomes, there's no doubt. Like, I don't, 95% of America probably, 100% of, like, hardcore football fans knew as soon as the 49ers kicked that field goal that the Chiefs oh, had just 100%, won the Super Bowl. No doubt. That the Chiefs were Super Bowl champions. And there is no, pretty much no other player that you could ever say Tom Brady was pretty. Tom Brady yeah Tom Brady's <laughs> yes. will Tom Brady's but that, will but that's who we're but talking that, yeah. but that's the level like yes we all knew that when he got another opportunity and he needed to score a touchdown that when, they were gonna score a touchdown when they got the stop on third down shout out to Spags at the end of right. regulation and they had to kick the field goal there was no doubt in my mind in a minute 57 he's gonna go straight down and get right. a field goal if not the touchdown to win yeah. the game no doubt you just know he's going to come through in those moments every every time. single time and the stats tell you that yes the stats tell you that this team this is what really bothers me about the the whole Patrick Mahomes conversation that team this year was 28th in second half scoring yeah they only scored three in the first half of that game. They scored the rest of it in the second half and in overtime. Right. He beats trends that you think should stick. Right. They played 20 games this year before last night, before Sunday, and <laughs> they were 28th in second half scoring. Right. And he still beats the odds and goes and makes that happen. He's now 9-2 and two when trailing by 7-plus in the playoffs. The rest of the NFL in that same time, 13-60. and 60. Yeah. Uh, he's got 15 playoff wins through six years. That's tied with Joe Montana. Yeah. He has passed Peyton Manning. Yeah. He's only behind Tom Brady. He's at, what, 35, something like that? 35, yeah. I, 
It's it, it, like it's I, I just insane. can't. I can't sit here and deny that these first six years of his career are the best six years anybody's ever played in the NFL. By 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 a pretty sizable by a margin. pretty fair amount. Yeah. The only one in the ballparks, Tom Brady. Right, and his individual stats are not, uh, clearly not even close. He, I mean, he's uh, the the yards one kills me. Seventy three hundred yeah. yards. He's More. ahead, and I know it's a different 75 game. Seventy five touchdowns. He knows a little different game, and he played for the Patriots. So, Tom Brady, they like to run the ball, play some defense. Still, but seventy three hundred yards is a year and a half worth of really good production. Seventy five more touchdowns. I know, but the, but seventy three hundred yards is a year and a half worth of really five thousand. You know, five thousand yard pace production. Seventy five touchdowns is like two and a half years. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> He's almost averaging a touchdown more per game in his career. Like it's it, it really it's is a insane. different game, but like I, I I don't think I don't think you can just say that with the the leads he has in no. those two categories. No, I, Patrick Mahomes has won three Super Bowls. He's trailed everyone by ten plus points. <laughs> that is absolutely just ice water coursing through your veins. It's all that is. Like you have to be bigger than the moment and he is in every single situation like he always answers the bell every single time and you just don't get that in sports you get people that have the fall flat moments and people will say the Buccaneers Super Bowl we all saw that game there was no that there was no way it was absolutely no, no that way that O-line was completely dead in champ their left tackle and their right tackle were both hurt yeah he had z- the, the <laughs> least amount of help he could possibly have um, so it's just, I mean, it, it's really cool to witness. Uh, and I know I've said this multiple times over the last several weeks. People have transitioned to crapping on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, whatever. I will not ever join that everyone, bandwagon. Well, ev- no, everyone everyone loves to hate a winner. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think it, it needs to be anything deeper than that. No. And Patrick, I don't think people hate Patrick Mahomes. It's just like when people win so much, you're just like, and maybe I'm you're part of a fan next. base. You're a Cowboys fan, right? You're yeah. part of a fan base that really wants to win that damn championship. Yeah. Like it, it's easy to be like, to hell with these guys. I don't right. want to see them win again. No, I can't see them continue to be this happy because I've never been this happy. Yeah. Pa- last thing I'll say on Patrick Mahomes, then we'll move on to can this team be the first team ever to three peat? Patrick Mahomes is if you took Brady. And you took Aaron Rodgers, who many people consider the most talented quarterback to ever play the position. And you put them together, and he's still better than that. Oh God, that's okay. I'll let, I'll leave that to that's, you. I mean, I I, I, I know I, I know I, it's a wild yeah. statement, but I think I th- I'll I, leave that. I genuinely you, think man. he's the best player that I've ever seen play. I think he's more talented than Aaron Rodgers. Ta- no, I think he's he more ta- talented than Aaron Rodgers, and I think I, he has every bit of that championship listen, medal that Tom Brady has. I I think he. Okay, let's just do it this way. I'll take a I'll take a quality of each of those guys. Okay, Tom Brady and his above the head, pro, above the neck processing, and win, just knowing how to win ball games and manage games. Patrick Mahomes has that trait very clearly. Yeah, and then Aaron Rodgers' talent physical as traits. a physical traits, making plays off platform, the accuracy, the deep ball, uncorking it when he needs to. I think you could put those two traits together. That's but if you I'm, if you put those both those guys together, he's still better than both those guys. No, that's what I was saying. Okay. I, I was saying he has better fit. He like, has the best traits. He has the best traits of each of those right. guys. And I think he's better physically than Aaron Rodgers. And I think he is right there on par. And there's no denying I that. I don't want to hate on Aaron Rodgers at his peak. I don't like Aaron Rodgers as a guy. No, Aaron Rodgers point. was in, but incredible. Holy God. No doubt. 
Mahomes is better. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it, yes. Yeah. Yes, he's right, better. So, he's better. So yes. can they three-peat? This is where a difficult conversation comes because we don't know what this team will look like next year. We know that they'll have Andy Reid. We know that they'll have Patrick Mahomes. And we know Travis that they'll have Travis Kelsey. He made it very clear. That was interesting, Yeah, too. he did. He's like, um, yeah, don't believe any of those rumors. I'll be back next year. So as far as the superstar players... It really comes down to Chris Jones and what happens there. They have $22 million in cap. There's another guy I'll mention here. So. Uh, yeah, but I just I just mean like yes. top of the top, line. Yes. Captain, losing that guy, damn, you don't feel as right. good about Has yourself. Has been there for all three Super Bowls. So Chris Jones becomes a big question. And then what do they do with, with this receiver core? Because there's no doubt that there has to be turnover on this team. They have to improve offensively. It's kind of funny, though, like, I wonder, like, Brett Veach, I, I don't necessarily think he thinks the same way. But you just won a championship with Rasheed Rice as your number one receiver. Exactly. Like, do you really want to go sign T. Higgins for $20 million a year? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes you it makes you that much better, but then you're not spending as much on the defensive side of the ball, which is what carried you this year. Still, I'm going yeah. and sign T. Higgins I, no, or Mike I, Evans. I, I understand it, but I like. I wonder if there's, like, a, a arrogance about it at this point. Oh, Rasheed Rice we can, can turn it. into a number I, one I, I receiver, and we just did it with him in his right. rookie year, catch him for 900 right. yards. But, man, imagine, like, a Mike Evans with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> He'd probably score 30 touchdowns. That, that's that that's that's Moss and Brady level. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. He's throwing for five thousand. Yes, a hundred percent. And and Mike Evans might break the touchdown record. And and you know, I I wonder with teams that are this good, like, would people be willing to settle on their money? Yeah. And I wonder if Chris Jones, like Chris Jones, going to be a free agent, and he probably would get paid at the very top of the D tackle market, the highest paid yes, D tackle. Yeah. I just, I wonder, you know, his appetite to go elsewhere to just make that money as opposed to making decent money and still playing in Kansas City and right. winning championships. Right. Yeah. That, and that all comes That's down always the give and to take. the individuals. Because Travis Kelsey could be paid a whole lot yes, more than he's, he is. He's done it the whole time. Patrick Mahomes could be paid right. a lot more and than I he is. And I guarantee you, Patrick Mahomes is going to keep back moving this contract yeah. back and back and back so they can continue to have cap money. But the crazy thing is, the Chiefs for the last six years have been the best team in the league. Crazy as it is, they're one of the youngest teams in the league. Yep, defensive especially, especially defensively. That's that that brings me to my other guy outside of yeah. Chris Jones, Legarius well, Sneed. They're gonna I'd sign him back, right? Do Got what to. you need to do. Got but to. I, I do wonder how much money that is because he, the market he's going to go into for Huge. himself is going to be robust, right? But you think about that defense: George Karloftis, super young, young. Trent McDuffie, super young, second year. Uh, the whole, the, literally the whole secondary, I think is who's the who's the uh, the guy they drafted the D end out of Kansas State this year. Uh, he, he, he didn't play much. Fo but Fo Felix, it's it's it's, yeah. it's a different. It's like a yeah. dash name, right? But they drafted him. He's super young, and he's right. going to get more playing time. Charles Amenahu. Yeah, although ACLs. Who, yeah, right. But like, who's the only old player on this defense? Is Chris Jones and Justin Reed? Yeah, those are the only two old guys. Older guys. Outside of that, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, one of the younger linebacking cores in the league. Um, you look at the, like I said, the entire sec secondary: Trent McDuffie, uh, Legarius Sneed, Williams. I can't number two. I can't remember mm -hmm. Brian Cook, who's injured. Like their whole secondary is super, super young. They basically drafted them all last year. Brett Veach, man. Like they drafted basically three it, to four starters in the secondary last year in the draft. Like it, it's 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 insane. so hard to divvy up credit for what the obviously everybody deserves their credit. Yeah. You win this you win at this level, you're a dynasty, everybody deserves credit. Brett Veach is a GM though, dude. Hitting in the draft. 
having the wherewithal to understand, hey, we're not going to pay Tyreek Hill $25 million a year. We're going to trade him, win yep. two Super Bowls right yep. after that. Yeah. Coaching hires. With Justin Watson as my second leading receiver. It's like, so <laughs> what the That's what? so crazy. I just can't. I, I just. Uh, Eric Bieniemy out, Matt Nagy. It's right. just. The, what he's built there through his drafts and the culture they have going, man, I think he deserves a shit ton of credit. Yeah. So to answer the question of can they three peat, yes. I will absolutely not be surprised in the slightest <laughs> if they do. It's just a yes. Yeah. If it's a yes or no question, I'm gonna say yes. They can. Yep. They can. It's, it's gonna take some work for sure. For sure. Uh, offensive side of the ball. Um, keep that offense. I mean, you're gonna have to figure out what you're gonna do at tackle. With yeah. Donovan Smith out. Juwan Taylor hopefully will be better, better in year two. He's still relatively young. Right. And their old line's young, too, in general. Yeah. Besides Joe, Joe Tooney. Joe, outside of Joe, Trey Smith. But he's still an all-pro. Right. You know what I mean? Creed Humphrey and Creed Trey Humphrey, Smith. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, very young. Juwan, relatively young. Right. You're, you're going to have to deal with left tackle. Do you deal with Donovan Smith again, or do you find somebody else to go, you know, draft or whatever? Right. Um, but, man, they're not going to be going into next year with a bear cover. No. They're going to be fine. Yep. They're going to be just fine. Yep. All right, Gabe, let's wrap it up. We appreciate you guys for joining us this week. If you're watching on YouTube, you can like, subscribe, comment there. You can also do that wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, any of those other platforms. Um, I don't think we have any parting shots today. I think that's pretty no, much it. Hope, hope everybody enjoyed their Super Bowl weekend. Hope everybody's feeling better today on Tuesday. Hopefully you're not still experiencing a little Super Bowl Hangover, but that is all we got for you. And Before we you click off this video, go subscribe. Yeah, that too. it helps us so much tremendously. Like, subscribe, turn on the notifications, man. You'll see it all. It helps us so much. You can't even understand how much it helps us. Kenny said it best. All right, we appreciate you guys. We will see y'all back here next week. Thank you for listening to On the Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports and how you can become an insider.